Hello everybody here. My name is Ben Yuko and I am the president of this Go One Three organization. And I'm lovely to present you my community space on Zone One Three Podcast Media. So if you are very interested in hearing about sports, IT and entertainment, let's hear these words. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh... All right, guys, Ben Yuko here. Let's go. Should let you go. All right. Welcome to this. Welcome to this great, 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 great podcast here. And I am so glad to be on your podcast here with you. My name is Ben Yuko here. And I am here to talk to you about the great uh, things of what's in the IT and the sports and the po- uh, sports and the entertainment world. And we got some plenty of topics in my sleeve today. So we are going to talk about the new hiring for the Minnesota Twins first. And we're going to kick off with the the big, big hire that Ron Garnhire's um, son, Toby Garnhire, the son of the former Major League Baseball manager Ron Garnhire, will manage Minnesota's new AAA affiliate, the St. Paul Saints. The Saints and the Twins made the announcement Tuesday. The 38-year-old Toby Garnhire was supposed to be the manager manage Minnesota's AAA team, the Rochester Wings, last year before COVID-19 pandemic canceled minor league competition. He insists instead supervise the Twins' alt- alternate training site in St. Paul, where the team now have primarily affiliate. 
NFL, he used to uh, he was used to serve two seasons with the Twins, with the Class A Steel Rapids in 2018. Class Four at Fort Myers. His father logged 16 as a major league manager, 13 seasons with the Twins, and three seasons with the Detroit Tigers. So this is an absolutely, absolutely important, important day of to making sure that the now the son is ready to coach some baseball. So let me tell you, I, I used to do a management team for like three years. So I used to first because let let's begin the story. Let's talk about the story. Now how I got started liking. The Miz on um, baseball in general. So my my first time of watching a actual baseball game was during Nell Swanson's summer school back in 1998 when I was in at at the summer of my fourth grade year. That was my first Minnesota. That was my first actual game. My first actual game. My first actual game. Actual actual game that I actually enjoyed and it was playing against the Kansas City Royals they were actually really good the Tins weren't that good that remember we weren't good until my eighth grade year my eighth grade year so it was great so I went there in 1998 one time I went there in 2000 and then in 2003 it was my friend it was my high my best friend from grade school Steve White I have actually three best friends, actually three that I, and then one high school real good friend. I, I, two of them I, actually have, like, my Nigerian ones, ones, and I got my American friends. So the, these are my American friends who I should hang out with. So, so it was Steve White who got me into doing managing. So it's man my freshman year. So I used to do the scoreboard. And I used to go there by myself every day in the summer. So when they, when they had, when they have a game or they didn't have a game, I actually come out and actually do the scoreboard. So I done it for the first, I done it for two years. Years myself, and then I started watching the Legion team. So I watched, I I used to be like a, a such a big, Richville fanatic with baseball, along as during the time I was watching the Minnesota Twins. And keeping up with the twins and actually having that kind of like effort of showing really, really good uh, management. So I learned from the best. So I learned from like when Steve White's dad was a coach. I learned when Jack, uh, Colt, um, um, Dusty and Colty's dad, Hens's dad, they used to coach baseball. I used to watch the best of. Joe Carnes, Mike on um, the late Joe Carnes, Mike Car- Mike Car- the Carnes family, and I learned a lot of things of baseball. And I was always taught that the biggest thing about his um, Steve Wise dad actually taught me that the biggest amount of what a game has to be come down to is actually pitching. So, it kind of grasped me to the point that it is actually true that pitching is one of the biggest, biggest important things of what 
an actual team is supposed to have. And I, I and one bus driver I used to hang, I used to do when I was going did my first year of lighting also talk, reinforced sentiment and a lot a lot of people would agree with me. Will agree that you have to have pitching to actually become a better baseball team. Because you can have all the hits you want, but when you don't have strong pitching, like like we have our concerns, our relief pitching, that's going to be very difficult to actually come up and actually win some actual games. So it's not like it's being so dirty about being. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you guys out some realistic terms on that a, a lot of times. So that's why I think that you should be talking about pitching and having that kind of effort. So when the interviews come up, I wanna I wanna not only interview mostly main things black business owners mainly, I also wanna also interview some of the twins baseball players on Legends to have conversations with them because that'll be it'll be very interesting and and fa- fans okay because that's exactly what we should fans because I talked to many fans of the Twins game talking about the different how they see the plays, how they share different experiments. I always like to have that conversation with a lot of Twins fans that I don't even know. I like to have a conversation, just get involved in conversation. Just if there's something like, kind of, I kind of say, no, I kind of back up on that because that's when during my time and experiences, especially when we had that big run in 2019. Man, I was talking with a bunch of Twins fans, and it, it made me. And I was at a restaurant. Talking with Twins fans, talking about their experience with the '91 World Series, '87 World Series. Man, the stories, the stories we got, <laughs> I got, was so ama- so amazing and so touching of how teams were actually defining that big moment when we were when Curry Puckett. And Killebrew were all killing the baseball league during the late 80s, early 90s. It's like I, every every adult that's 40 and older, will go back and relive a lot of those moments. I'll I'll go talk to a, a hardcore trends fan that's 40 and older. They can tell you a lot. About that, because that should actually that teaches us what we could be doing as a young person in in the 30s now, and some of the 20 year olds that could be actually be doing to actually get some get the team fired up if we have a chance to go back into the stadium this year. Otherwise, we'll just hang at a restaurant or a bar. We'll actually have to get the we have to get and get the party going for that if we can. I wish, I I wish we can 
we can actually get it done. That was such a hell of a story there. Okay, the next subject I really want to talk about, man. It's not a start. It's not a start. Somebody brought this up at, at work. At work today, about the uh, about the twin, uh, the Minnesota Wilds' lack of offensive production. Which this is this is this is a great conversation that we really should be having. Should be having is like. We should be having this conversation, but it's really not being talked about in in terms that we really should have. And so during the time when I have interviews coming up, so I like I like to get a different perspective of how we can actually do better as a wild team because that's that's something that has to be looked at in the near future. Okay, so what? When you let's get to the real little logistics here. The Minnesota Wild is in the last four games is zero and sixteen. So sixteen. Everyone's wondering. Okay, we we lost one game. We okay. You know what the, what it is on a power play. It's how many times we've gone the power play in those last four games. And we never scored a goal. Not one goal. Not one single goal. Not one single goal. Is actually being scored. <laughs> Should have everybody pretty much. Pretty much. In so much anger. Because what it is. is it, it, It's just. It's just no way of having that that good player that we have, and we have some younger talent, and and the and the captain of the team should be stepping up and try to score some of these goals because that's when you have zero sixteen, like there's something not there's something not right about your offense. Because your offense isn't aggressive. It has no aggression. The blocking schemes. The blocking schemes are absolutely terrible. And complete trash. It's like we, we just can't even get. We can't pass. And we can't. And, and the biggest thing. of I think a lot of times. That one of my co-workers today. As, I, actually when we talk about blocking. You know, let's talk about communication. It's not a lot of communication. When you're actually playing on the on the ice, because we're we're gonna we're gonna start getting some really really some really difficult teams coming up. Teams that we're going to, we're going to have to we're gonna have to start winning. That kind of makes. People want to be so, just so suspicious because when you have strong presence of people, we're we're gonna have to play. It's like we're gonna have to play teams like Colorado, 
we're going to have to play teams like St. Louis. And these teams are very good. These teams are going to be very, very challenging. And we have to really, really step up a lot of the effort when it comes down to power plays. Because power plays is a make and break deal for your offense. You don't, you, you can't score at least, at least 70% of the time. You're not going to win games. It, it's, it, it's that simple. You're not going to win games at all. You're going to lose and lose more games. Because that's just absolutely the strongest point of how to maintain a team. That's just, it's just what it is. It's just what that team actually really is. So you may want you may, people may want to start thinking about this because so that's why I think being a strong advocate for strong offense for the Minnesota Wild is a must a must 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 needed 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 situation because we don't we don't have that right now and that's like oh so it it's really 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 the strength of the actual team So, I am going, so I really have, I want to have, so that's one of the things that's so, in actual strong play. So, it's like, I'm, I like to see us try to pursue that more in the actual future because, if you can't if you can't if you can't score, you can't score on power plays, you're you're gonna you're gonna fuck you're gonna fucking just be blowing up in pieces. Cause that's what the team has to have. You have to have that strong companion of making sure that those plays are actually made. So that should be something that we should actually think about in in the near future for the while. So and then it also I also heard about a trade that the Minnesota um Minnesota did today. They they I've heard that there was a rumor about that. So like Kyle Rattles is and this, and this so they so let's so let's talk about this Kyle Rattle Avalanche sent even Cole to the uh, to Minnesota for Greg Patron. Kyle Rattle and Minnesota swap veteran defense men on Tuesday with Avalanche acquiring Greg 
Griffin and the Wild receiving Ian Cole. The trade represents a significant salary cap for Colorado from Cole's $425 million to Parsonerin $225 million. It also frees up the spot on left for the blue line for 19 year Avalanche prospect Bowen Brown. And this is also going to have to, we really have to consider. So he has six goals, 35 assists. A lot of the assists are going to be really actually good. So I, I think, in my when I kind of read the art, when I kind of, and kind of read the article. And this guy is also a winner of the Pittsburgh Penguins. With the Stanley Cup into 15-16 and 16-17, so I don't call call can actually do it, but it's good to have a guy like him. So he's 31, so he's, he's a little bit young. So 31, 32 is kind of young. He's kind of getting up there in age, but you know. So I I think. We can actually try to get some young, old, mixture, old, and new. So that's actually my challenge of the team. So I hope we, I hope they can actually do something very well for the season. So that's my actual show, very much goal together. So that's like I'm gonna. That's why I like to think about. That's why I like to be a champion about. So that's, and I want to see how we actually do with him, and so he can teach Kill Bruce, uh, the new player that's really amazing. That's from Rod. Um, so we can actually do big things with him, so teach him some good skills. So having AI, is a, it's a it's a good. Bad situation. So I, it's a mi I have mixed feelings. We're gonna see what happens with Aon Cole's move up to the team. So that's something that um we like we should be able to look at and try to make the best out of ourselves and make those kind of conscious decisions of how we need to pursue this and probably assert ourselves better on that on that goal. So. So, that's like, that's it, uh, that's it for those two subjects, and I have much to talk about, uh, so what I'm going to do, and now we're going to talk about the versus battle right now, because the versus battle is actually a very, very, oh, actually one more thing. Before we get to the versus battle, actually, excuse me for a second. I just learned this. I just learned this just today, and we got we just got another. Um, we just got some news from um from ESPN here. We just found out that outfielder George George Spring Springer and the Toronto Blue Jays have agreed to a six-year, $150 million dollar contract. Sources confirmed the ESPN Jeff Payson on Tuesday. Springer is headed to the Blue 
based brain training facility in Durham, Florida for physical. If it all goes planned, Toronto will get the start if he's been looking for it all winter. So they're trying to get him to be that guy. So I I think so he's one of the best hitters in base. He's the second in home runs, third in RBIs, and fourth in hits. So it's gonna be he's a good hitter. I think having him, Tessero, Hernandez, Vermeer, Guerrero. So that actually some big hit hitters are gonna be actually good. So I think see they that's looking like a that's looking like a squad right now. That's a squad that we should actually be looking out for. Is that having George Springler. On that team, so his, so that's actually if things go well, he will be moving there. So I think it's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of big things happening so far. So that's pretty much I have to say about that. So that about some of uh, of him. Let's look at some of these off season. Other off-season ones. So, oh, yeah, and also another Twins. So we got better land, land left-hander J J Happy. Happy. And the Minnesota have agreed to a one-year deal, putting on a physical choice, so, so they don't know the financial terms. So, so we're and, and he's been hurt. So he has. So we're gonna try to see what he kind of brings to the table because I know he's a veteran. It's good to get some, kind of get some all and mix with some young blood into the Twins. So that's. Ashley trying to see we'll see what happens in that this kind of pick going on here Okay Okay, so what are things I can actually I can actually talk about That actually is Things we can do right now. I think I I think I covered pretty much what I really want to talk about. So what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the I'm gonna talk about the verses right now. Cause I think I'm, I'm gonna play you like I'm gonna play like two songs each of my decision. So. So what we're gonna do is talk about tomorrow night first before we go on with this. I am so excited for tomorrow night. I hope Keisha Cole to and Shanti. This is gonna be a debatable thing. We're gonna have to really, really have to, to test this hard. So, so our goal is actually to figure out. Who's gonna win? So I think to me, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be such so hard of a tie. It's gonna. Well, let's play this game. Let's play this devil's advocate. Let's play this one. This advocate. Who would I think will win? 
I would say Ashanti will win. Because Ashanti has a very, very strong strong uh songwriting ability that I, I really that I really appreciate Ashanti. Keisha Cole has that Neo on uh, that hip hop soul with Mary J. Blige. I I like that too, but if you want to talk about crux of good R and B, it's I will stay with Ashanti, but it will be very tough for the final decision, and I'll have a reflection of that next week on Monday. So I hope we can actually see what I feel about that. So what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna finish playing this song, the song I played, and then I'm gonna talk to you. Uh, I'm gonna play an Ashanti song. And then we'll go into a Keisha Cole song, and then we'll wrap it up with a Shanti, and that that'll be the, that's, that'll be the it for the the show. So let's let's start with this, and then we'll come back and get things done. Okay. Okay, now I'm gonna. Now what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna play Keisha Cole's. Um, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, let's let's play Keisha Cole, and I'll play two songs in the shot, and then we'll be done. Okay, so let's 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 do this. Here's our second song right now. My second song.
a great song from Keith, the lovely Keisha Cole. Love. That is a great song to hear. So now we're gonna get to. A Shanti song. Let's play this rock with you. This is one go out. Okay.
Alright, that's a Shanti song right there. So, we are getting ready to get you guys out of here. And it's time to do what we wanted to do. It's play the song. Okay. Thank you very much for listening tonight. I'll have the remarks on Monday. And we'll just, and we'll just play whatever, and we'll see what other news is popping or other things. Bye bye. Thank you.